Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings your Garage Logic podcast number 755, December 16th, 2021. We uh, reached a high of 58 degrees on this day in 1939. I don't think we're going to beat that today. And 22 below was the low record in 1876. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Let's get the weather out of the way and then move on to more important things. It's so windy. Oh. Bill Stein writes, on this December 16th morning, I awoke to the sight of gale force winds driving the snow and causing the whitecaps to crash on the shore of our now wide open Cedar Lake up in Aiken. It was a perfect day to resurrect the wreck of the F. Scott Fitzgerald by Bill Stein. The legend lives on from the Ojibwe on down about the men's club they call Gitchy Gammy. It's martinis, they say, can really brighten your day if you're just a young scribe for the Herald. So we started with four and drank 29 more, and it was the wreck of the Edmund of the F. Scott Fitzgerald. Terry Train's great <laughs> gaff, one of the funniest in history. Darn it, yeah, I'm glad it? you guys like it. Yeah, no, can I put yeah, my, can I put my headphones back on? What was that? All right, speaking of... Uh, we now know why they didn't give him a microphone in the band. Jeez. Uh, this is from Dale Kirsten, who provides links to NOAA sites and uh, government weather sites. 34-foot waves are expected today on Lake Superior. Let's take a moment to put that into perspective. Hurricane Sandy, the largest Atlantic hurricane on record, produced maximum wave heights of 13 meters in the open oceans, which is equivalent to 42 feet. These waves are forecasted to be just 8 feet feet smaller than the largest Atlantic hurricane on record, and this is on a lake with no hurricane present. We have been watching NOAA wave heights for many, many years and have never seen a 30-foot wave in the forecast. May the good Lord watch over any mariner who has to be out on the water these next few days. Would they even be out? I, was I just would gonna, hope not. I was just going to ask that same thing. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail, Hail you. you. Just had this memory pop up on my Facebook from December 16th, 2015. I was living in Hastings at that time. It's thundering in Hastings, Minnesota on 12-16. We had a thunderstorm up here in the UP where I currently reside last night. Two years ago, we had 83.5 inches of snow by December 16th. This year, a mere 40 inches. My point, the climate changes all the time and there's no stopping warm air from rising. I also attached a picture of my uncle taken in January 1932. This is in the western UP where we average around 180 inches of snow a year. It's from a book my dad wrote called From Finland to America, documenting his parents' journey to this country in his life as a first-generation child born in the U.S., always pushing back. Your biggest Uper fan, Lisa. P.S. Sometimes snow management up here gets hard. I bet it does. I have a question for Lisa. Yeah. Been to the UP many times, the uh, south shore of uh, Superior. How come I can go to the south shore of Superior and uh, there could be, like, two, three inches of snow on the ground, and then I ride four miles away, and there's 100 inches on the ground. I don't know. She'll have to respond to you. What is that all about? 
Uh, this is from Peter Mathias. Thought you would enjoy this headline from the Rochester Post Bulletin today. Headline. Unfortunately, we were a part of history. Historic storm ravages through southeast Minnesota. Hmm. What's unfortunate about being a part of history? Yeah. And Emily writes, erratic winter storms in Minnesota, it's nothing new. I always love listening to your bit about global warming. While I'd like to blame the human race for our abnormal weather as the leftists do, I can't. I'm a history buff, and I know that the weather has been erratic since the beginning of time. Like you said in yesterday's show, pick up a book. So while last night's storm was raging, I looked up to find the November 16, 1931 thunderstorm that ravaged across parts of Minnesota, including the Twin Cities. So my question is, wouldn't that have been considered global warming? Shouldn't we be concerned that St. Peter and New Ulm recorded 70-degree weather that day in the middle of November? It all goes to show that erratic weather has been happening for years. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to lose sleep over the world ending. Here is the article link, and it's from an MPR site of all places. It was published on November 16, 2010. And it reads as follows. On this day in 1931, temperatures soared into the 60s and low 70s across parts of Minnesota, including the Twin Cities. St. Peter reported 70 degrees, while New Ulm hit a high of 71. Dew points climbed into the 50s, with strong southwest winds gusting between 25 and 30 miles an hour. By sunset, dark clouds with lightning and thunder were crossing over central and eastern Minnesota. About half past nine in the evening, a tornado touched down in Hennepin County near Maple Plain, destroying several barns and outbuildings in the rural landscape as it tracked northeast for five miles. Must have been a pretty frightening to have a storm so late in the season and after dark. This remains the latest date on the calendar for a tornado in Minnesota. I, I thought we didn't have one before. The next year... Uh, on November 16, 1932, the morning low was 5 degrees with an afternoon high of 23 and a trace of snow on the ground in the Twin Cities. There's, uh, I can't compete with the, uh, I can't compete with the cameras uh, that show destruction. I, I can't, and, and then they base their hysteria on the destruction of right. buildings and the loss of life, which is horrible. I'm, don't get me wrong, but I can't compete with that. Uh, there are too many people willing to be frightened and too many people willing to not put anything into context or perspective. Oh, we have to compete, Such. I mean, I'm trying, but... No, we have to. Mm -hmm. Did you guys see, speaking of footage, the dash cam video of a trooper, I believe it was in Kansas, and a semi essentially lifted off the ground mm -hmm. because the wind was so powerful. Mm -hmm. All we have to do is keep doing what we're doing, right? Like, like the, uh, like you just said, or the emailer, read a book, mm -hmm. look at some history. Just go to the history. Yeah, get some facts to back yourself up. Don't be going on the air like Reavers and I, just spouting nonsense. Correct. <laughs> and then you need to be corrected the next day when John and Joe show up. See, that's why I need you to continue to do this, so I don't have to read the book. I'm going to because, as I've said, <laughs> I, no, I, I'm going to because, as I've said, I I rue the day when I might not be able to find this stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're right. When the powers that be get wind of people like me poking them in the ribs, they might say, hey, let's eliminate those past records. Everybody else wants to eliminate or history. Or when the Biden administration just continues to pay, or with their plan to pay off journalists. I listened to the president's uh, entire remarks yesterday from Kentucky, uh, anticipating climate change. He did not mention it, uh, which is fine by me, and my theory is he forgot to. 
<laughs> Hold on. Um, is it that, or do you think somebody got to him? No. If anybody would have gotten to him, they would have said, don't forget to throw in climate change. Okay. It's part of our agenda. Really? See, I was thinking the opposite, that they said, whatever you do, don't, because let's get you a bunch of blowback. So I thought just given said, nah, the nah, nah, given just, the part yeah. of country, John, is that why you're saying? Well, there. Well, and just because they've gotten blowback from the first speech he gave, sure. where he said the Kentucky tor- or the whatever the first tornadoes mm-hmm. the day after. Well, he in his principal remarks he never mentioned climate change. Then he was asked a question, and then he did throw in climate change. He blamed climate change for the fires in California when we're now learning that virtually all of them were caused by arson. Yep. So yeah. a little different there. Uh, Kick me in my cup. Do you have um, suits? You uh, <laughs> you were poetic. You don't even know it. When the powers that be get wind of me, the jig will be up. They'll kick me in the cup. Who's that? that? Well, the first two lines are you. Oh, boy! Well, are you composing? Are you composing? Yeah, well, the he powers is, that yeah. be get wind of me. Yeah. Oh, is this going to be a, a musical episode of no, GL today? No, the jig will be up. They'll kick me in the cup. Okay, you keep talking. I'll work on this. Well, no, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear the San Francisco mayor. Oh, yeah, right there. Wonderful. Okay. London breed. And, uh, Give me a quick second. This awakening is happening all over the country. And uh, she, she issues an expletive that we're not going to delete. We are, okay. We're gotcha. not going to delete. Gotcha. And uh, this woman... Uh, I suppose she could be credited for seeing the light, but she was a is a noted progressive who took the lenient look at crime and is now maybe somebody got to her. Is this the same woman who was unapologetic for not wearing a mask, even though she has a mandate in her own city? Well, she right. was at a Tone Loke concert, right? And, and she wanted the focus to be on Tony, Tone Loke for people. Tony 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 Tony. Thank you, John. Whatever. You. Who cares? No, Tony Locke. Tony, Tony, Tony was a, no. Tony, Tony, Tony was a great band. Okay. Oh, Tony Locke is awesome. San Francisco Tony, Mayor Tony, Tony. London Breed on Tuesday <laughs> called for an end to tolerating. Well, you hear it yourself. And it's time that the reign of criminals who are destroying our city. It is time for it to come to an end, and it comes to an end when we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement, more aggressive with the changes in our policies, and less tolerant of all the bullshit that has destroyed our city. We are going to turn this around. This is a city that has a population of less than one million people with an over $12 billion budget. The residents of this city have been extremely generous in providing us with the resources we need to make a difference. And now the priorities we need to make must be to protect them, must be to turn things around in their neighborhoods. When you are in a room full of people, I would say probably anywhere between 90 and 95 percent of folks could raise their hand and say that either their car has been broken into or they've been a victim in some capacity or another. That is not okay. That is not acceptable. It was acceptable to her as recently as yesterday. Yesterday? No, this was Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, okay, you're right. Monday. So what happened there? Is she trying to save herself or? I have a theory. I bet 
the uh, what's your phrase for it? The uh, the good boys club. What, what, what good old brotherhood. brotherhood. The brotherhood. brotherhood. Right, right. I guarantee some of the top because there's a lot of money in that city, and they finally got to her and said, uh, "Hello, you need to do something here. Or we're 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 moving out of town." Well, because money money's the only thing that would affect someone like her, don't you think? Sure. What was heartening to hear her say is, uh, "Yeah, I, I, I have to pay attention to everybody." She was only paying attention to the woke left and the criminals. And she said, we've got a generous uh, city here. They've provided us with a $12 billion budget. I have to worry about them. I, I would love to hear Melvin give this speech. But I don't know what... What the hell was that? I think that was Kenny. It's a tornado warning? Kenny's hungry. <laughs> Kenny skipped breakfast again. Jeez, I, uh, Louise. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> et yet today. I'm sorry, fellas. God almighty, I'm in the middle of this, and he guts out a funny body well, noise. You'd think I, I don't do it on purpose, <laughs> Joe, and now I'm embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Come on. I would never. Oh, um, I got my YouTube highlight. That's for sure. <laughs> no, please, London Chris, breed. Please. Uh, London breed. Uh... uh perhaps realized, however unintentionally or unconsciously, because she doesn't know the term, that she's been windmilled. Right. Uh, you know, I've, I've brought about this great progressive view of the city, and we've, uh, we've accommodated the homeless and the thefts and the smashing grabs and uh, the time must end, which implies that she thought for a time that was okay, but now it must end. So some, some line was crossed that compelled her to give these remarks. We don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, she gave them. Well, I, I don't know if you saw the follow-up, but she has a plan in place oh, yeah? for how she's going to g- get rid of crime in the city of San Francisco. Are you ready? Yeah. Thank you. Well, let's start with this. Okay. Uh, prices have gone up. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and families and individuals mm-hmm. are dealing with the realities of of. That bread costs more, that gas costs more. Sure, that's right. Yep, that's it right. Does. And we have to understand what that means. I what think we do. Mean? That's yeah. about the cost of living. Oh, going oh yeah. Yeah. see, it's just that easy. <laughs> I am never going to get tired of that clip. <laughs> Are you going to... Let's bounce this back to the Twin Cities. I'm going to, yes, sir. I'm getting impatient. Yeah. I want to talk about that's this. Joe's role. <laughs> I, 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 I know what's on the song list, and I want to play the next song. <laughs> well, we're going to return to Edina, where we were uh, somewhat buoyed by the uh, turnout. Apparently, that turnout was at the uh, Edina Country Club. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, here I have a note from Steve Mulholland in the Belly of the Beast. Uh, oh, please tell me I didn't misplace it. No, I did not. We'll start with his. I did not attend the town hall on crime prevention at the Edina Country Club on Tuesday night, but I did watch the entire event live on uh, event on live stream. Our old friend Steve Taylor of the Uptown Crime Facebook group was there and recorded the proceedings. Your description of an awakening is accurate. As I watched the gathering unfold, it occurred to me that the carjackers and punks should never have crossed France Avenue into Edina. By so doing, they've awakened a sleeping giant. And it was not just residents of Edina who were fed up. There were concerned citizens from Minneapolis, St. Louis Park, Plymouth, and other areas of the western suburbs. Also present was the commander of the 5th Precinct of Minneapolis, there in solidarity. There were numerous residents, some elderly women, who shared their stories of being victimized by crime, and it was enough to make your blood boil. 
But it was truly an uplifting event, and most impressive, most impressive to me was Mayor of Edina, Jim Hovland, who was truly a ray of hope for so many of us who have almost forgotten what real civic leadership looks like. Our boy, Mayor Fry, should have been sitting in a corner taking notes. I've included a link to the video recording of the event in case you wish to watch or perhaps share with GLers. Let's hope the gathering is the first step in taking our cities and communities back. Keep pushing back. Loyal GL listener in the belly of the beast, Liberal Lakes area of Minneapolis, Steve Mulholland. And we move on to Joe. Anyone could see it coming. A young white woman is attacked in Edina and only now is attention paid to crime. This is a totally false, lazy narrative. And I'm, I'm partly guilty of that always gone to by the usual suspects. We have all been made aware of concern in the inner cities concerning the rise in crime. There have been inner city groups like Mad Dads, ex-Minneapolis police officer Lisa Clemens has a group, Don Samuels and supporters, groups now patrolling the north side, and I'm sure others who have been around for long, uh, some time now. There is still a large reward out for the child killers in North Minneapolis. People know those killers, who those killers are, but remain silent. All these groups in the reward have gotten plenty of press, TV stories, etc. It has not been ignored. If you aren't aware of the concern and coverage and attention paid to inner city Minneapolis residents and their concern for crime, you have your head in the sand. We cannot fall for this gaslighting that 50th and France is now dangerous and therefore only now will there be attention paid to crime. Okay, John uh, John O. wrote that. Well, wait, uh, is, is, was John... When he was saying you, he meant the proverbial you, not, right? Not us. Well, he might have meant us. Well, well, he's flat out wrong. That's all we've been talking about for the last year and a half, two years. If not is more the crime. than that. Yeah, Kenny's is 100% the crime right. And the crime in the north side. Um, what, is he a first-time listener or something? Uh, I don't hear, but just relax, settle down. Uh, I'm getting... Uh, I have okay. a prediction right. to make after Chill. I... I have Chill. a clarification to make after right. I finish these emails. All right. Uh, that, that upset me. I, I know can it tell. Did. I can tell. I'm eagerly looking forward to the spring arrival in the next few days. As a 21st-er, I'm just fine with getting away with weather I'm uh, like we have been. I, if you didn't like this winter because of a lack of snow or cold weather, just wait till next year. There's a new winter coming along every year, and anything can happen. The real reason I'm writing, though, is about Reverend Tim Christopher. You remember when you had him on after the horrible shooting in Minneapolis, and that, killed was, uh, that kid was killed in crossfire? You asked him what it would take to have this spate of violence end. His response was for a white woman to get killed. Well, in Edina, a white woman wasn't killed, but she was beat up pretty badly and could easily have been killed. Fortunately, she's around to be her own advocate. But it is interesting that only after we have a suburban white woman victimized that we see any momentum. The only racism I see here, by the way, is that the politicians don't listen to their minority constituents inside the metro core, uh, Mike in South Dakota. He's feeding into my, my clarification in just a moment. Mayor, I listened to your December 15th podcast when you discussed the recent crime in Edina and the overwhelming response of residents in the area of the city council meeting. It made me think of your interview with Heather McDonald on June 22nd. You had asked her if she was optimistic about the future of our cities and what it will take for people to wake up to the issue of rising crime. She said when white children become victims of these crimes. Is that what we are seeing as these crimes start spreading to surrounding suburbs? I am not implying that only white residents in our cities and suburbs care about rising crime. People of all races and backgrounds want to live in safe neighborhoods. As Heather stated, the media, Al Sharpton, and others do not care about black children or families who are victims of crime. 
They uh, exploit select cases to advance themselves at the expense of hurting families and communities. Maybe this is a wake-up call for all of us, signed Steve. And one more. Uh, this is from our friend who is a judge in Hennepin County. Great show yesterday. I share your belief or at least hope that if enough members of the public start to pay attention and speak up regarding Minnesota sentencing guidelines, we might be able to reverse the dangerous crime wave. But the public cannot let up on the people who promote policies that undeniably compromise public safety. Given the topic of your show yesterday, it is important to note that even though the sentencing guidelines commissioners have tremendous power to set sentencing policy, they are not elected in their positions on the commission, which is all the more reason for people to speak up if they disagree with a proposed sentencing policy. The commission's public hearing regarding the current proposal to reduce sentences for repeat felony offenders is scheduled for a public hearing today at 1 p.m. There is an opportunity for remote participation. Despite receiving hundreds of written comments opposing the proposal and some not so favorable press, the proponents of the pro proposal are not backing down. They argue that the data does not support increasing a sentence just because the offender was on probation or parole when a new felony was committed. They also argue that they are not going to be influenced by politics. If people oppose this proposal, they must speak up. I think people could still register to present comments in person or remotely at this meeting. Uh, also, written comments will be accepted for five, cal cal five calendar days after the meeting. The, the link is meetings-minnesota.gov. Meetings-minnesota.gov. Okay, let's clarify some things. Uh, the young woman in Edina, who we only know as Jesse, who was beaten up uh, at 50th and France in a Lunds Byerly's parking lot, what, what distinguishes her uh, is her coming forward and, and insisting that people take a look at her mug now that it's been pretty battered. And that was powerful on her part. And then all of a sudden, 300 people show up for this town hall meeting, and thus we, we discern a, an, an awakening of sorts that people realize, as Mayor London Breed of San Francisco has realized, progressive policies do not work. Nope. They simply do not work. That is not to say that we're not aware of similar efforts on the north side for example we've had don samuels on as a guest we've had the reverend tim Kist christopher on frequently as a guest we're terribly aware of it for that guy who thinks we might have our heads in the sand not to mention we live or we work in the middle of it right here's the distinction i see why uh if a, if traction is achieved by the concern in edina particularly political traction if you suddenly see a political awakening among the people who represent Edina, and I have no reason to believe their legislator and senator do not represent Edina, what that would tell me is the people representing black communities are failing the black communities. Uh, who's the... Fraud that got Lisa beat. Bender? No. Uh, Jer Jeremiah Philippe. Ellison. Yeah. Philippe. Philippe Cunningham. What in God's name? They, they had to be aware of the likes of Don Samuels and Lisa Clemens and other groups, Mad Dads. What did they ever do? Nothing. Ellison, Nothing. Ellison uh, essentially 
has um, given Don a cookie and patted him on the right, head and said, right. don't worry about it, we're taking care of it. And he hasn't taken care of it. No, no, but he has summarily dismissed Don. So the only difference between Edina and North Minneapolis, if in fact there is going to prove to be a difference, it's not because white people are going to be more taken care of. It would be because that perhaps they're going to be represented by people who are going to listen and take action. So I'm glad that uh, who beat uh, who beat Philippe Cunningham. Oh, I've, I've met it her. It was uh, the gal. I know. Come on now. It's, come on now. Come on that now. gal. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, Letitia. Don't, Is that don't her remember first name? her name? I'll, I'll look it up. It take somebody five seconds to help me. <laughs> who beat Jer- uh, Who beat Philippe Cunningham? <sighs> I'm sorry to her that I, her wanna, name is escaping me. Do you want to hear from Philippe really quick? No, I don't. You mentioned his name. <laughs> Never want to hear from him again. Uh, Latricia Vita. Thank you. Latricia Vita. She will do something. But again, you're going back to what Kenny just said. None of these politicians think that they owe it to whether it's a, a resident, a business owner, that they deserve the time of day. We talked to one yesterday, and he said, "I the, the mayor never even returned my phone call in St. Paul. Okay, I have. Am I interrupting? No, no go ahead. No. I have a thought. Um, if you're in Edina, Eden Prairie outskirts, inner ring, outer ring, it is your in your best interest, and crime is affecting you, and you're afraid for your life and your children and your friends. Uh, it is your uh, in your best interest to heal North Minneapolis first. Because this is where these bad guys are coming from. It, it's not enough to stop the crime in Edina. It's not enough to stop the crime in right. West Bloomington, yep. uh, in Shoreview. You have to go to where these kids are coming from and work on that neighborhood first. Okay. Um, you've got a rusty spot on your on your hood of your car, and it's poking through. You don't work on the outskirts and leave the hole alone. You fix the whole thing. Let's fix the whole thing. Let's help the Reverend out. Let's help Don out. Let's get this handled. If you follow the crime reports... No matter how bad it is in Edina at 50th and France, it's way worse in North Minneapolis. The crime that the folks on the north side have to deal with 24 hours a day, including right this second, is outrageous. Okay, and here's why that's, uh, I, I think your take is excellent, but here's why that is a gargantuan task. And I don't disagree that it must be undertaken, but it's a gargantuan task for this reason. You've got to elect, everybody's got to be uh, Letitia Vita. You have to completely clean house. Yeah. You've got to get rid of the political mindset that uh, uh, crime is not crime. It's merely a result of behavioral need. You've got to get rid of this leftist ideology, which is destructive and turning America's cities into vast wastelands. That's a giant, giant task. I don't disagree with you on one sentence you said, but for the life of me, uh, what? How, how are you going to... Cl- we just had an election, and we didn't replace enough of the city council. But we did see a bit of a change in that trend, and that's where I was going to go, because once uh, Cunningham realized his defund the police movement was going to ultimately be his death sentence, mm-hmm. he started walking that back big time. Remember the the fake story of him saying, I didn't know I was on a stage that said... Yeah, def- I know. Oh, okay, but you know what I'm saying? I think a lot of these people that are... are either already in office or potentially going to run for office. I think they see that. Edina, 
Call Don Samuels. Call the Reverend Timothy uh, Christopher. Call everybody. Get them down to your country club. Talk to them. Ask them what they need. You're going to have to circumvent the city council. We have to fix this at the source. We're being ruined by the left. We're being ruined. Completely. And our lives have been put in danger. Mm -hmm. And and I don't mean to single out the like all the crime is coming from the north side. It's coming from Cedar Riverside. It's coming from uh, 15th and Cedar Avenue. Um, You know, know, it's coming from all all areas of Minneapolis. It's coming from an ideology born of the decline of ethical and moral integrity, which has been aided and abetted by leftist thinking. I'm no... Don't get me wrong, the, the right has got a lot of screw-ups going for it, too. But the right does not control any city in America that I'm aware of. Twelve Democrat-run cities have established homicide records this year, including St. Paul. There's plenty of blame to go around on both sides of the aisle. But uh, you got to take it piece by piece. And in Minneapolis and St. Paul, it's extreme leftism that is helping to bring these cities to ruin. And the task is overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Latricia Vita made a great inroad. We needed four, four five more of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like we said yesterday, um, you know, re- regarding my old neighbors, how do they vote for those people when they're getting punched in the face and their keys and phone and wallet is being taken? How do they, Why do they continue to vote for Ilhan Omar? Why do they continue to vote for these far-left wackos when it's affecting them personally? What, I, I, how, how much further does your life have to be damaged in order to change your mind? Kenny, I got a great email that is not necessarily unrelated to what we're talking about. You got a union member who's answered your question from yesterday. I'm so ignorant on this, and it's so confusing to me because all the union guys I know, <laughs> they're not lefties. You ready? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Josh writes, good day. I'm a 25-year member of Local 49. That is the heavy equipment operator union in the metro. I am a lifelong Republican who has pushed back against the union for their political actions at every opportunity. Can I'm having a roycey like gas attack. It's okay. <laughs> We've already had a body noise right. in this segment. We're good. Kenny's question about the alliance of unions and the DFL is a good one that I'm not sure was understood. Why do the unions back candidates in a party that seemingly does everything it can to kill union trade jobs? The answer is simple. However, I do not agree with it. Most union members are now seeing that the leftist policies are not good for business. The killing of mining, pipelines, forestry, and the like go against what the union should be pursuing. And most see that the left policies are making home life more difficult and increasing safety and financial pressure. The reason the unions and the members still support the left is that they fear the right eliminating the unions. They fear losing the union would cause them to lose their livelihood. Not seeing the damage the left is actively pursuing to their livelihood and life away from the job. Unions for public jobs are not a bad thing. However, they are not as necessary as they were 100 years ago when they were fighting for pay and safety regulations. Today, as with most things, the market will bear out the pay and OSHA is in place for safety concerns. The alliance simply comes down to the union leaders pushing the candidates they believe will keep the unions together. And the voters come and the votes come from people doing so simply because it's what's always been done. They don't see the bigger picture. Huh. 
Wow. That was a good answer. Thank mm-hmm. you. I don't necessarily believe the right would abolish the unions. Maybe they'd try. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. If you're heading up north and you go Interstate 35E, mm-hmm. you know how long it would take you to swing into Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats? Who's driving, me or you? You. Okay, 28 <laughs> seconds. 28 seconds. You get off on Highway 97 in Forest Lake and go east about 200 yards, 300 yards, bing, bang, boom, there it is. Grunhofer's newest location with the same great products you can find at the original location in Hugo. The original, the town ball, and the Minnesotan meatloaf, the soup meats, the sticks, the brats, the ham, the bacon, the salmon, the seasonings, the deluxe potato salad. I mean, load up the car. It's winter. The stuff will stay cold. Just throw it in the back there. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. Except for the stuff you're going to gnaw on while you're driving <laughs> to your cabin. <laughs> so go in there and load up. For your trip up north, maybe you're going to go up and spend all of Christmas. What you're your, saying is, hold up, load up, something is right. Something is right. Mm-hmm. And the original location, of course, is on Highway 61, just north of downtown Hugo. And then business has been so wonderful that Spencer opened that second store in Forest Lake. So uh, don't forget about uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats, and don't forget the GLers or grillers all year round. Mm-hmm. So uh, load up that... Uh, uh, station wagon and uh, on your way up north and have a great time. Station wagon? station wagon? What are you, Clark Griswold? <laughs> the country squire? Yeah, the country squire with the fake wood. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And as you've been hearing over the course of the last couple of months, Josh asks you one simple question, and that's always, do you know what you own? You see, Josh's clients, they always know what they own. And Josh has found that most people that he meets with every single day, well, they don't. They absolutely have no idea. Josh has also seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds. And there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that those bonds currently yield. So Josh begs of you, know what you own. And you'll hear from Mr. Money Talk later today here in Garage Logic to give you a specialized report on the goings-on in the market today. Trust is often overused, and it's even harder to find. Please, you can take it from me that you can trust Josh. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation, and you do so by calling 952-925-5608. Once again, that's 952-925-5608 for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. (laughs) This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Tires, tires. Tires. Check your tires. We gave Mr. Fender Bender Mender uh, another positive Thursday off. He's Mike Schoonover. He's the owner-operator of Schoonover Body Works and Glass on County E at Lexington in Shoreview. And if you people, uh, if people had good tires, he'd really be able to catch up on all the work he has lined up as a result of dot, 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 cruddy tires. Uh, so the next time you swing by Schoons for an oil change and have his crew, just just have him check your tires, replace them if necessary. And like I said last week, if you really want to do it right, invest in winter tires and then have Schoonovers swap them out spring and fall, and then they'll store them to, uh, for you too, free of charge. And if you need body work, oh, why go anywhere else? Uh, they're always rated as one of the best repair shops, body shops in town. And, of course, those body repairs they do for you, guaranteed for as long as you own that vehicle. 
paint, body, general repairs, oil change, frame swaps, tires, yeah, you name it. Schoonovers is on it. They've been in business for 80 years with the greatest team in town. GLers, thank you for choosing schoonoverbodyworks.com. John, quickly Google Boston mm-hmm. University mm-hmm. faculty and yep. the word intervene and see if something pops up. I, I meant to do this, and I apologize that I, I didn't. Uh, Boston University requires faculty to say they should intervene. Or what's the site? Woman, uh, I'm at Free Beacon. It's at the Daily Caller. Uh, in other words, it won't like. be, uh, it, it, this story has not been covered in what I would call the conventional news gathering institutions. No, I'd say, uh, no, not at all. Free Beacon and Daily Caller are all I'm seeing it on actually. All right. Boston University is requiring all students in fa- this is, I'm taking you to the failed academy because this story brings us one day closer to my prediction that, and this will begin in the failed academy, that you will not be allowed to talk to each other. And this is something you have been saying for years. You will not, and you will need a government card uh, called permission to speak. And you'll probably be able to use it three or four times a week or something. You'll have to have the card. Show me your card. Almost like, oh, hold up, I got my card here. I got my card. This is bringing us closer to not being able to speak. Boston University is requiring all students and faculty to affirm that they should intervene if a woman is complimented on her husband or encouraged to have children. This guidance transmitted during a mandatory Title IX training session this semester. The training included multiple choice questions that had to be answered correctly in order to complete it. Some questions were empirical. How often do you think people make false allegations? While others were asked about the appropriate course of conduct in a given scenario. Faculty who did not complete the training would not be eligible for merit-based salary increases, the school said in a campus-wide email, with further penalties possible for continued noncompliance. Students who did not complete it would be blocked from registering next semester, according to the university's website. Several scenarios involved bystander intervention. The idea that onlookers should prevent harassment by inserting themselves into potentially inappropriate oh, encounters. Oh, boy, yeah, we got to get that. In one, vignette, in one vignette, an Asian woman is told that her white husband is good-looking and that half-Asian babies are the cutest. Asked, what should you do? Students and faculty were forced to select intervene to advance through the training. Even though the woman smiled at the compliment, the training explains, she still might have felt uncomfortable about comments relating to her race, her husband's appearance, or the prospect of having children itself. The training drew sharp criticism from from the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, which told the Washington Free Beacon that Boston University was violating its own free speech policies. BU makes clear commitments to free expression and academic freedom that includes the right to be free from compelled speech. The uh, uh, Foundation for the Rights in Education, Aaron Turr, said, but to complete the training, students and faculty must select the university's preferred answers. This is compelled speech and has no place at a university that promises its faculty expressive freedom, Tur said. Boston University did not respond to a request uh, for comment. The training, which was created by the education consultancy Everfee, I don't know what that is, and appears on the school's compliance services website, demonstrates how the anti-discrimination law can become a Trojan horse for compelled speech. Universities frame such compulsion 
as a way of complying with Title IX and other civil rights statutes, even when it goes far beyond what the law requires. Simply quizzing students and faculty on their legal obligations does not violate academic freedom, Turr said, but the Boston University training uh, goes uh, uh, farther. Uh, so if you... Uh, basically what, what this does uh, is instruct students that they are to rat on each other. Huh. I mean, if the will you will you do me a favor? Are you is the story done? Go ahead. Will you reread the very first sentence? Because I was confused. The very very first sentence of the story about intervening with a woman. Boston University is requiring all students and faculty to affirm that they should intervene if a woman is complimented on her husband or encouraged to have children. Stop. When have you guys ever either done that or witnessed that? I have never. Not once. No. I, I've never. Uh, I've never kind of whispered in the CP's ear, "Hey, uh, your old man, uh, hubba hubba hubba." Well, and in addition to that, none of our wives have ever been complimented on how good looking we are either. Just no, just it's usually the opposite. How'd you end up stuck with that slob? Right. <laughs> what the hell is this? That is. In the name of in the name of complying up? with these laws. Universities have attempted to regulate a quotidian and constantly expanding list of behaviors. The BU training goes so far as to imply that telling someone to put their phone away could constitute illegal discrimination or harassment. One question asks about the best path forward when a classmate keeps checking their phone while working on a group project. The best. How do I approach this? What is the best? Can we circle back on this now? What is the best path forward? Well, wow. The, wow. Right, the right answer involves giving the classmate the benefit of the doubt. The wrong one involves telling them to stop checking your phone because that would be rude to do that. Uh, how about this? Uh, hey, uh, kiddo, what, what do you got, an emergency or something? No. Put the phone away. Then. Put your bleeping phone away. I'm paying fifty-eight grand a year to go here. I need to hear what the guy's saying. Quotidian. Quotidian. That's a bleep. That word I'm adding it to is. the list. Even by for the way. me, it is. Even Such, I've got you a mean buddy. Daily. I've got a buddy who actually went to Boston U, and she is the result of, I don't know, uh, her dad's a white guy and her mom's a Filipino, hmm. and she uh, has on numerous occasions uh, mentioned. Um, beautiful babies from mixed races, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I I wonder how they would treat her. Mm-hmm. We're getting closer to where you will not be able to speak to each other. You're going to have to have a amazing. Yep. And at the end, you read something about uh, students or faculty encouraged to r- report them, right? Yeah, yeah. So wow. basically, what this is is an intrusion on your privacy. It has nothing to do with protecting yeah. your privacy. Well, it's an the, intrusion on it. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, that sort of thing play out in the late 30s in uh, Germany? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know anybody, uh, you know, uh, let us know. Turn your neighbors in. Uh, it's a, the, the academy has just seriously, seriously failed. It's not worth your effort. Uh, I'd be really careful. I've given that speech a million times about taking your kid to, or sending your kid to college. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I do. Yeah, don't. Uh, trade schools. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know. Now, unless you have some specific discipline uh, in mind, uh, I wouldn't waste my time on it. Actually, I advise it for maybe a year and party like hell and then go get a real <laughs> job. Yeah. 
<laughs> on mom and dad's dime. Correct. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we come back with Johnny's newscast? Okay. Okay. GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Chillboys and Chillboys.com. Guess what now is available if you go online to Chillboys.com? Yes, performance long underwear. And I got to tell you, they're pretty dang sweet. I got a pair just a couple of weeks ago, and they are fantastic. So, obviously, winter is coming here. We all know that. But now, in, in addition to the most comfortable underwear that you can ever possibly own, the most comfortable long underwear that you can also own is now available at chillboys.com. Yes, of course, they still have the performance boxers, the bamboo boxers, the boxer briefs. Everything that you want is all still available at chillboys.com, but now including long underwear, performance t-shirts too, by the way. And don't forget forget all of your orders that are over $40 those ship fast and free throughout the entire United States of America when you're thinking about giving gifts this upcoming holiday season think about chillboys and chillboys.com and when you place your order at chillboys.com please don't forget to let them know that you heard about them on the garage logic podcast truth justice and the suture who on the staff now keep in mind um, DK mags the very first client I had here uh, when Garage Logic went to a podcast, who on the staff can tell me where in Gumption County DK Mags is? Old Eight, Old Eight, in New Brighton. Right on, yeah. boy. I I, uh, I didn't have a lot of faith in you, and of course that Monticello warmed your inside, didn't it, Kenny? It, it that we did, actually listened did. to you. Thank you. Uh, and Monticello Pond and Gun, they're on the web at montypond.com. And south of 94 on Highway 25 in Monticello. And DK Mags and Monticello Pond and Gun hit them up for carry classes. Uh, so if you're in the mood and you're thinking about it and you don't know the next step, my goodness, get to dkmags.com or get on the website, get a hold of them. Oh, and speaking of Monty, uh, Monty uh, Pond, uh, if you're into guns, if you're aficionado, if you know a thing or two about firearms, they're looking for a guy or a gal, a gun guy. Full-time. That's a nice gig. Uh, yeah, a couple of wonderful shops. They're willing to help you out from the start. You don't have to be an expert and have years and years of firearms experience under your belt. They're going to steer you in the right places where you can practice, you can try out different firearms, you can take the class, sign up, and uh, get yourself that permit. Uh, it's a wonderful deal, and it's pretty big for a DK Mags now running carry classes. Truly a couple of wonderful shops for GLers, run by GLers. John and uh, the fellas, uh, uh, Mike uh, Zipko alerts me to this. A GL teacher, Luke Becker, is getting more recognition. Nice. Mm. Uh, today, via a news advisory from Senator Amy Klobuchar, Senator Amy Klobuchar will hold a virtual event honoring Luke Becker, an agricultural technology and physics teacher at Bram Area High School in Bram, Minnesota, Becker was named Teacher of the Year by the Association for Career and Technical Education, which represents thousands of career and technical education professionals. So nice. congratulations to Luke Becker. Mm -hmm. Here's Johnny Height in the newsroom. Look at this, Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Joe, you're the king of notes, post-it notes. Yep. Look what's about to happen here. I remember earlier I wrote down what you said when the powers uh, that yeah. be get wind of me. Look at this. Your, your last one. Last one. Oh, no. Oh, oh. oh. Sounds like he's going to run down to the Twin Cities and rob the Hubbard. Oh, uh, you're, you're well stocked. Oh, there we go. Yeah, okay. I, I, I already rubbered, yeah. uh, already robbed uh, <laughs> HBI. Yeah. 
You know what? Uh, you know what? I've grown to love. Mm. Boy, this segment's going down the tubes quick, isn't it? It really I've is. I've grown to love these these miniature legal pads. Dear I don't know God. why. I just oh, I like those too. Notes, so, I have them yeah. with uh, stick them on them. All my crabby show Mine notes yeah. get taken down on the reporter's notebook. Oh yeah, which yeah. I love. Sure. What Where's about the you, party? Chris? Where's the party? <laughs> Here's John Hyde in the newsroom. Yeah, thanks. In news, uh, let's uh, kick off with weather. Uh, that rare December storm last night causing some damage in the city of Heartland. Now, I didn't know Heartland. I had to look it up. Never heard of it. Uh, that city has a population of around 300. Residents there th- said the storm wrecked buildings and lifted away the community's Christmas tree. Oh, wow. Haley, <laughs> yeah, Haley Johnson lives there, says we're all safe, so that's good. I mean, I haven't heard any reports of anybody being hurt, just all property damage. A national the Weather Service team will be on the ground in Heartland today to survey the damage and figure out whether a tornado touched down. Freeborn County Sheriff Kurt Freitag said to his knowledge nobody was injured, but that Heartland definitely bore the brunt of the impact of the storm. The bank in Heartland was severely damaged in the storm. As of early Thursday, about 5,000 people without power throughout southern Minnesota. That was as of about 9 a.m. It's Thursday morning. Just northwest of yes, Albert Chris. Lee, right, Heartland? Uh, southeastern part of the state. Yeah, right? I think it's it's yeah. very yeah. Uh, somewhat near Albert Lee. The uh, bank. Uh, how the how the vault door, doors doing? I'm they sure. Okay? They, okay. I'm sure they. Kenny's gonna that. make a run to Heartland. Right. <laughs> okay. Stay put, or uh, what do I do here? Uh, there were strong strong winds all around the state. The highest registering Redwood Falls at 78 miles an hour. Here wow. in the Twin Cities, Eden Prairie had gusts to 63 miles an hour, and at the airport they clocked uh, in at 61 miles an hour. One person died regionally in the powerful storm system. The Iowa State Patrol saying a semi-trailer was struck by high winds and rolled onto its side in eastern Iowa, uh, killing the driver of that truck. You know why the wind makes noise? Because it, it that's created when the wind encounters objects. Buildings, trees, what have you. Hmm, that's where I you see. get your howling. Hmm. Yeah. She was howling pretty good last uh-huh. night. Yeah, yeah. Hit a lot of stuff. Both ah, the they're going to be okay. Blew a lot of things against my house. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're job. laughing at you, Joe. So now what I'm wondering, Thank serious you, question, Thank if you. the wind didn't encounter anything, oh, would God. it be silent? I wonder. If the wind blows in the forest with Would no you trees. hear the sound of one hand clapping? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We ain't going to it in this wind. Now we aren't. I'm trying to find that. Where did I oh, put don't that? Don't worry about it, Johnny. You got to keep going and After, ignore wait the a minute, interruptions. You're the one. I know. You've got to learn to ignore the interruptions. <laughs> After police released surveillance photos of a woman suspected of shooting at strangers' vehicles and injuring a driver in one case, tips from the public have now led to the arrest and charges against a 44-year-old. The Ramsey County Attorney's Office charged Latoya Nicole Weston of West St. Paul with four counts of second-degree assault with a dangerous weapon for an October incident in which she's accused of shooting at a vehicle being driven by a 21-year-old in St. Paul. The woman's 14-year-old sister and kids ages 1 and 2 were also in the vehicle. Luckily, nobody injured. The driver of the same white BMW shot into a woman's vehicle in Maplewood back in July. It narrowly missed a 4-year-old child inside during that shooting. It went through the seat's headrest and into the driver's head. Maplewood police said at the time that the driver was able to drive herself to nearby St. John's Hospital. Last week, St. Paul police released surveillance videos of the vehicle and the suspect, uh, asked people to come forward with tips. Police said in a 
statement today. We appreciate everyone who took the time to take a look at the photos, share our post, and call with tips, two of which turned out to be spot on. Police arrested Weston on Tuesday. She declined to make a statement to police. Officers searched her residence with a warrant and found a box for a handgun in a bedroom closet, according to the criminal complaint. How soon will this battle axe be out on the street? Not soon, I hope. I hope. And you said there isn't a motive, correct? Yeah, so we she don't know if these people were targeted. Or... She won't say. Yeah. Wow. Prosecutors rested their case this morning in the trial of former Brooklyn Center police officer Kimberly Potter, charged with manslaughter in connection with the shooting of Dante Wright during a traffic stop in April. The defense is expected to uh, start with witnesses this afternoon. After the jury was sent out of the room this morning, defense attorney Paul Eng had moved for a judgment of acquittal calling the testimony a confusing mess after expert Seth Stoughton testified that use of a taser would have been unreasonable, which Eng said was in conflict with other witnesses. Prosecutor Matthew Frank contended the bar is high to remove the case from the hands of a jury. Uh, Judge Chu took just a moment and then denied the defense request for acquittal. Prosecutors called 25 witnesses over the course of six days of testimony, ranging from police officers to Wright's family members, a medical examiner, and a policing expert. A semi-truck rollover crash Wednesday morning led to thousands of gallons of milk spilling onto the roadway. And Rook's not here, I know. That's the only reason I brought the story. Skim milk? It, chocolate? It, yeah, oh, yeah, chocolate milk? It, That's yeah. It happened in Meeker County, 818 in the morning on Wednesday. Sheriff's deputies responding to the uh, rollover. When they got there, they found 62-year-old Brian Weigelt of Atwater had been driving south on the highway when he was unable to see the curve because it was so foggy out. The milk-filled semi-truck and trailer rolled onto its side, spilling about 6,000 gallons of milk in the process. The driver suffered minor injuries and was treated at the scene. From the Star Tribune, a Brooklyn Park teenager has pleaded guilty to fatally shooting his girlfriend's brother. In North Minneapolis, he'll get a prison sentence of more than 17 years. 17-year-old Devante Slayton entered his plea in the Hennepin County District Court to unintentional second-degree murder in connection with the shooting death of Edwin Vaughn Jr. on May 29th in the 2600 block of North Upton Avenue in Minneapolis. The plea agreement calls for Slayton, who was 16 at the time of the shooting, to a term of 17 and a half years with credit for time in custody since his arrest. He'll serve about 11 years in prison and the balance on supervised release. According to witnesses and video, Vaughn of Minneapolis and his girlfriend had been having arguments, and she told him that her brother Sletton wanted to fight him. As the two are fighting, surrounded by onlookers, three gunshots are heard. Vaughn reacts as if he had been shot, according to the complaint. Video from a home nearby captured Sletton standing next to a car and shooting three times before getting back in the vehicle and fleeing. Am I still within my time limit? News notes from today. A milk tanker overturned on I-94 <laughs> eastbound this morning around 11.15, spilling milk across the roadway. Eastbound lanes of I-94, the Lowry Tunnel currently closed. So you could say that it soured traffic? Ooh, I no, forgot about that part. Could. I'm not even going to go rim uh, shot on that. Do we know what kind of milk? You know what it did? It curdled traffic. Oh, it <laughs> did. Jeez, Joe. Westbound lanes Would it make a difference closed. if it was whole milk versus skim ruck, for ruck, real? For ruck, 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 ruck. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm it serious. Does, no, it yeah, I know you are. It's not shipped any other way. It's ma- it's then changed. That's to out of the it's, cow. Pal. It's, it's oh. always the same. Okay. The what do you truck. think? They got certain cows no, that give whole no, milk and no. skinnier cows that give skim milk. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Let me get to the bar. I got to get some two percent. Here comes the chocolate cow. <laughs>
Yeah. No. Do you think they got cows and give chocolate no. milk? Oh, man, how they, how they house it, how they transport yeah. it. Is yeah. there the sort of guy. sections Jeez. of like, we the got skim in the first third, we got 2%, they pull milk in the back. Keep going. The, the guy at well, the. Uh, like gas, you know, they drop yeah. off gas uh-huh. and they got some unleaded. Matt, Matt, 64. Matt, Matt, the gas is not arriving at the station directly from the wellhead. Well, that's true. The crude first goes to a refinery <laughs> and is turned into a variety of blends that are then put in select tankers. So this thing came right from the farm. Apparently. Hooked her up. And oh, then no. oh, my God. <coughs> New figures from the Centers for Disease Control. He's all ours and we ain't trade now. Nah, <laughs> well, we might trade them. Yeah, I'll predict. <laughs> What yeah. I love is he admits he's being the... serious. No, I'm serious. Was yeah. it 2% or whole right. serious? But the look of innocence on his face as he reacted to John's news story was my favorite part. When I went, uh-oh. That's... He's really going to ask that. That's when you look over and make sure you're rolling tape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Timestamp that one. All right, that was at 442. How, why was that kept? How was that kept? I saved it because I love it so oh, much. all right. And I knew I was going to need material for a best of at some point. (laughs) New figures from the CDC have predicted that U.S. COVID-19 deaths will go up by 73 percent to 15,600 a week by January 8th. The agency revealing uh, projections on Wednesday that show America will suffer up to 15,600 new deaths a week as of January 8th. That'd be 2,228 deaths per day. Meanwhile, Minnesota recorded its 10,000th COVID death Wednesday since the start of uh, the pandemic. Uh, In other COVID news, Minnesota House Republicans are criticizing the Mayo Clinic in Rochester for its vaccine mandate policy for employees, a move that's drawing sharp pushback from Democrats who called it disturbing for lawmakers to question the judgment of medical professionals. In a letter sent to Mayo CEO and President Dr. Gianrico Ferrugia earlier this month, Representative Peggy Bennett from Albert Lee said she and other House GOP legislators have heard from a number of Mayo employees who described as daunting the application process to apply for religious exemptions from the mandate, some of which were denied. The pandemic has caused a prominent Twin Cities-based company to file bankruptcy, Carlson Travel, and 37 related Hmm. Yeah, and 37 related companies forced into bankruptcy, they said, by the worldwide collapse of corporate travel, which fell by nearly 80 percent in North America from 2019 to 2020, according to bankruptcy court records. Carlson officials did not respond to requests for comment. The Minnetonka-based company said in court filings it does not expect its business to return to pre-pandemic levels in the next three years. A sale of the company is possible. It's seeking court permission to engage an investment banker as of last week. Wow. In Canada, the Canadian government advised Canadians against all non-essential international travel, and the largest province of Ontario capped capacity at large events like NBA and NHL games at 50 percent because of the new coronavirus variant. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said Canadians should travel, uh, shouldn't travel, excuse me, right now, and anyone entering the country is going to face extra barriers for traveling. Uh, President Joe Biden, as you talked about earlier, in Kentucky, uh, pledging to do whatever it takes, as long as it takes, after that state hit by those deadly tornadoes, saying they will recover and rebuild. Biden spoke of the stress felt by victims of natural disasters, such as the weekend storms that swept across eight states, said it was urgent that people be moved from emergency shelters in order to prevent the spread of COVID-19. 
The Capitol Police chief is poised to gain new authority in Washington to be able to call out National Guard troops to the Capitol under legislation that passed both the House and the Senate this week. It's now expected to be signed by President Joe Biden. It's a bipartisan bill. It comes in response to the January 6th riot when the then Capitol Police chief pleaded with security officials in the Pentagon to call troops for assistance. Troops didn't arrive on the scene for several hours, during which time a violent mob of former President Trump supporters beat police and broke into the building. Legislation would allow the chief to request District of Columbia National Guard troops or federal law enforcement agencies in certain emergencies. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Really quick, since you mentioned uh, President Trump, we had this sent to us by a couple of people. John, do you mind if I introduce a, a news item? But go ahead. No. Uh, this one comes to us from Donald T. Emailer Donald T. Uh, Dateline date Orlando, Florida. <clears throat> Can he pay attention? Oh, all right. Three what? residents of the villages in Orlando were recently arrested and faced charges of casting more than one vote during the 2020 election, according to affidavits. Yeah. Joan Halstead, Jay Ketchik, and John Ryder all face felony charges of casting more than one ballot in an election, according to arrest records. Hmm. That village is a swinging place. Those, yep. You know who they voted for, right? You didn't right. get that part of the story? I've just mentioned they all They all voted twice for Trump. Really? Mm. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> just, just reading a news story, that's all. I don't, I don't, you're going to have to let me in on the joke uh, once we take a break. Yeah, I don't I get will. it either. I will. I'll, I'll let you in on the joke later. Oh, there's okay. a joke there? I'll just, let's well, just move I, on. Well, you're <laughs> the one who, again, <laughs> no, it up. He mentioned the president and the former president, and I was looking for a timely place to introduce the news story. That's yeah, all. I need that squealing crash sound of t- and breaking. All right. Here, of I'll, of I'll, you I'll find it, sort of stopping the flow of traffic that, here. That Wait a minute. Was there a, a punchline f- delivered, or did I? I missed I the whole to, thing, no. Kenny. Yeah, I, I did too. And it's about a five day old story, so I, I'm not sure. So, can I go back to my movie? Sure. <laughs> the next, you know what? The next story is for me. I, I refuse to read it. How about that one? Is that okay, one work? That's good enough. Okay, that, that's good enough. Uh, I'm going to skip the next story because it's horrible. Uh, a Louisiana that judge. That that's one's the better. one I want. That's the, yeah. that's oh, the that's one. a good one. Yeah, I want yeah. that one. <laughs> save, save that one, Chris. Yes. I'm going to have to add it to Joe's button bar. Right. Too. <laughs> I want it added over here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Bruce Springsteen has sold his music rights to Sony Music Entertainment in what probably is the biggest transaction ever struck Wait a minute. for a single artist's body of work. I thought the government owned that music. No, it's just government <laughs> music. Kenny Hughes. Joe, why do you hate rock and roll? Uh, I don't understand. No public announcement has been made, but uh, people who uh, are part of the deal uh, have said this. Uh, of course, they're... Uh, speaking anonymously, because they are not authorized to discuss the matter, uh, $500 million goes to Springsteen from Sony. Uh, representatives for Sony and Springsteen, uh, Springsteen declined to comment on Wednesday night. News of the sale first reported by Billboard. The arrangement, which had been talked about in the music industry circles for weeks, include both Springsteen's recorded music catalog and his body of work as a songwriter. It'll give Sony ownership of uh, his complete collection of songs. Largest, uh, latest, excuse me, and biggest mega deal in which has been a, a big couple of years for investors, major music companies, and private equity firms uh, poured billions of dollars into buying song catalogs. Uh, in the past two years, Bob Dylan, Paul Simon, Stevie Nicks, Shakira, Neil Young, and many other stars have sold all or parts Shakira of their work for prices too, huh? reaching oh. into the hundreds of millions. Dylan's deal. Uh, was estimated to be the biggest up until this Springsteen deal, uh, worth over $300 million, as I said, the Springsteen one. 
Does oh, this mean that when Springsteen goes out on tour and plays his songs, he has to pay Sony? He has to pay the government. Yeah. Uh, John, I have a serious question. That about was a this. serious question. If he no longer owns the songs, does he have to pay Sony to perform them? I think they cut him a break. I would guess part of the contract would be he can perform them whenever he likes. All right. I would guess. Uh, serious question, John. Yes. Sir. Is there an artist, um, either um, United States citizen or, or maybe not of this country, is there an artist that hates America more than Bruce Springsteen? John, now, go ahead. You're, talk, you're talking about a guy who literally has raised millions of dollars for folks who had been injured fighting for this country. Right. Literally millions of dollars. But aren't all his songs about what uh, what an awful country this is? I don't I think, think all a lot of them are. Good. I think a lot of them actually are about what a great country this yeah, is. Yeah, I was born and, in the USA. Well, actually, yeah, no, Chris, that's that, an anti. Yeah, one. see, Jedi, you just proved my point, my friend. That's, uh, that's <laughs> anti-war. But he rep repeats it. He's just <laughs> emphatic that he is born in the yeah. USA, and he's damn ashamed of it. <sighs> I, I don't know if I can continue. At well, this just point. give me Thank one God more. It's Thursday, huh, what about <laughs> down by the river? Isn't that about throwing yourself into the, the river because you're so despondent? I the river in my opinion, is one of the best songs ever written, so I don't know where you're going with this. You tell me. <laughs> I'm waiting. I think, we've, well, I, think, hold on. I think we're already there, my friend. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I got you, bro. Jeez, you got me covered. <laughs> well, at least I skipped the two uh, really bad stories. I could go back to those. No, don't do that. Depress no, you no, guys. Don't no, do that. no. It's positive me, Thursday. Let me tell you right now that for all your Christmas needs, get to EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Great Christmas deals for GLers. $200 off all in-stock Bentelli electric bikes. $300 off all Yamaha electric bikes. Youth ATV starting at $10.99. That's great fun, man, for the kids and grandkids. Bentelli scooters that turn every urban errand into an adventure. Your choice of three models on sale for only $12.99. Yamaha clothing and hats, 10% off. And get your sled ready. They'll uh, they'll tune up your sled if you want to ride this winter. And they are accepting winter storage units for those who might have waited. Great service department. Great inventory. Uh, those scooters are fun. You're going to beat the man. You're going to get 65, 70 miles to the gallon running those urban errands. And uh, all of this equipment is available and available in time for Christmas at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. The Canopy Group is an insurance agency that is unique by offering 16 carefully selected companies for home and auto insurance. Listen, this is the holiday season. Would you be satisfied if the only dessert you could have this year was fruitcake made by one person's fruitcake? Boy, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? That's like having one agent representing one company as your insurance option. Meanwhile, your neighbor creates an exchange with 40 family members. They have a variety of desserts, fudge, cutouts, gingerbread, all that good stuff. The Canopy Group knows it is all about options. That's why their insurance agents offers these 16 companies. They have 40 licensed agents working behind the scenes to ensure you always have the best coverage at the best price. Remember, Canopy clients' average savings annually is over $800. This holiday season, don't get stuck with the fruitcake. Get options with the Canopy Group. 
800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from our friends, the Traveling Lymans. Mm-hmm. It was on this day. Today. Today, December 16th. Yes, sir. In 1814. Horace W.S. Cleveland was born in Lancaster, Massachusetts. A visionary landscape architect, he would design many parks and boulevards in the Twin Cities, including Como Park, St. Anthony Park, Minnehaha Park, Summit Avenue, and the drives along the Mississippi River. That's uh, all thanks to Horace W.S. Cleveland. Nice. Como and Minnehaha have the same feel. Yeah. Yeah. On this day in 1884... Machinist William H. Fruin of Minneapolis has issued the first U.S. patent for an automatic liquid dispensing vending machine, which discharges a uniform amount of liquid from a reservoir when a coin is placed in a slot. Huh. An enthusiastic fisherman, Fruin had settled earlier in the year at the western edge of the city and began excavating near his home for the construction of a fish pond uh, in which to keep his catch fresh for eating. The discovery of a pure spring in a glen led Fruin to sell jugs and then coolers of fresh water and found the Glenwood Springs, now Glenwood Inglewood Water Company. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That's pretty cool. So you learned something in this. And on this day. Today. In 1889, the Minneapolis Public Library opened with Herbert Putnam as librarian. <laughs> Under an agreement with the Minneapolis Athenium, the public library board, provided a building and staff to lend the Athenium's books, uh, thereby making them available to the citizens of Minneapolis. Is it the same location as the one now? I have no idea. Oh. I have no idea. Okay. Thank you, GL. Because now it's a homeless. Oh, quick update, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I read this to you guys off, off the air, but Michael emailed and said, Hey, guys, are you watching this bleep show on Minnetonka right now? LOL. <laughs> the boat. Uh, can you, what was the update? The, Is their... it back on YouTube? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Day three here. Uh, it's mostly on the trailer right now. They're trying to just nudge it a few more feet up on the uh, flatbed. Hmm. I bet that's a lot of fun in this wind to try to get that thing Ooh. up there. Yikes. Okay. Wind? So. You know, it's it's windy. Windy out. Okay. Well. Chris, wow, uh, screeching ne- tires, please. Ne- ne- never mind. It's, <laughs> I'm just going to hit this. So, Chris, uh, the joke was they all voted twice for Trump. I get it. Now. Correct. That's the punchline. Okay, correct. I got it. I got Thank it. you for the clarification, John. Yes, I get it. Joe, you want to talk more about the Army Navy football game? <laughs> no. Okay. Hey, GLers, will you do us a favor and hit that old subscribe button on the Garage Logic YouTube page and join the thousands of GLers? That have already done so. We are posting daily content, sometimes multiple videos every day on our YouTube page. Also, hit us up on our social media uh, <laughs> platforms: Facebook, Twitter, uh, Insta. Guy slipped on the ice. It was funny. No, Sorry. is he okay? <laughs> oh, they're using a come along. I mean, come on, you guys, get your ass together. <laughs> That's right. And also download the Pod MN app for your smart device. We'll catch you tomorrow.
It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make the call to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold GLers. You should do that same thing today for that free 48-minute financial consultation by calling 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get Mr. Money Talk and you also get straight talk. You never get sugar-coated <laughs> advice. And Josh is on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. And Josh, today you would like to touch on the Fed interest rates and big a big options expiration today. I do believe that the options expiration, which is pretty big tomorrow, is having an adverse effect on some of the technology companies, particularly some of the drivers of the indices this year, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and the, the football, just to name five of the biggest components of both the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. The Dow happens to be up today on the strength of some of the bank stocks as well as Caterpillar, companies that yesterday, after the Fed announcement of a faster taper, reducing the amount of bonds that the Fed is going to buy on a faster basis and signaling the potential for three rate increases next year, given they see inflation now not as transitory, but as a longer term threat. The market did respond yesterday with a big move up on a wild Wednesday afternoon of trading and some of the tech names that had been hit over the last few weeks caught a bid and went up. This is really a relief rally from very oversold conditions, which I do believe still exist in the technology sector. As I have been saying, definitely pay attention to what the Fed says first and then what the Fed does second. That said, the Fed is still concerned about the effect of COVID and now the new variant on the economy and on unemployment, which is still not at full unemployment. The numbers have been improving. There is still a, the jobs participation rate is still not where it was pre-pandemic. I am still in the inflation is a transitory camp as I believe that commodity prices, which have been pushing a lot of the inflation numbers as well as the supply chain problems, both should moderate next year and that could well bring down the inflation numbers, though wage growth is still there because there's still a tremendous demand for workers. Even again, as I've said, the jobs participation number is still below where it was pre-pandemic. Oil prices, I do believe, should moderate. Unfortunately, however, house prices can still go up as demand is still there for houses. People moving out of the cities, trend that we've talked about before, call it de-urbanization. People moving from renters to owners, particularly as they develop families. This could help home builders. It could help Home Depot. It could also help Best Buy and a few others. I am still saying that you've got to have money in some of the big tech names, and any of these pullbacks are buying opportunities. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. Thank you so much again. GLers, you heard them. Give them a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Call 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk. You're never going to get sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. You got it. Thank you very much, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.